I know you that are the missionaries, you're like, but we're not going, we're not the sent. We are not in the sending mood. But I promise today may teach you a greater lesson than you realize. How to celebrate the call. Now let's piggyback from last week for a minute. Okay? Last week I shared with you about the, the wedding. And the wedding has the contract, the ketubah. We are going to do this. You have the chupa, the ceremony. So you have the contract, the ceremony, and then you have the celebration. But it doesn't end there. Remember, the wedding is a beginning. And what is the beginning for? And it is the beginning of the sending. Now, parents, follow me about this. This is a real challenge in our world today. We look at our kids and we go, no, keep them safe. Keep them closed. Don't ever let them go. But in the framework of our humanity, what God instilled with us, the same way God did it for us. Now, follow this. When God said, I'm going to create human beings, male and female, in my own image and give them free will, right? Cut the umbilical cord. Let them exist, coexist with me, and choose me or not choose me, but give them this space that's the sending. There's something very powerful in our humanity to send others to shape the world on God's behalf. Our children, as they grow up and move out, can impact more lives. I say that to Joey, I say that to Becca, you know, Randall, Stephanie, Caleb, everybody that we talk to, and all of Joe's friends that come over. I remind them all the time, I go, you have more capacity to influence people than I would by myself. But my challenge to you is to send you to influence people on God's behalf, right? Are you leaving our house being selfish, self-serving, self-absorbed? It's all about me. Or are you leaving the house, are you entering into that world as somebody who is confident and courageous and willing to face the storms? Every time I get a couple in, uh, I have this metaphor. Usually it's a very simple one. And I'm telling them, you get into the harbor to learn how to date, courtship, right? You're leaving your parents' boat and you're finding a boat. And you're sort of entertaining that boat concept with somebody else. You're in the harbor, you're like, hey, why don't you come off the dock? Let's see if this works. Nope, I don't like the way you sail. I'm getting off that boat. I'm going to say hi to somebody else. Hey, I like, and eventually, this is the thing. You can't have two boats tandem. So some of you that are single, you're trying to figure out how you, you got to eventually make one boat. The two become one. And this is hilarious because people get in the boat together, they're like, nope, not doing it. Like that's, that's the unity, right? So sometimes you're the captain, sometimes you're the one reading the, the stars, right? The astronomy, where are we going? How do we navigate this? But here's the biggest challenge. You get married, and we did this with, with Becca and Drew last week, right? You are now leaving the harbor, and you know this, when you leave the harbor, everything changes, doesn't it? Everything you thought you learned in the harbor, you learned how to ship, you learned how to sail, you have no idea what you're doing. And when you get married, you start to have kids, right? And when you have kids, they're the crew on your boat. You're like, yes, we have a crew, they can help out. They don't help out, do they? They're terrible at it. They're absolutely useless for like ever. And all you ask them to do is just, ship, just, just clean off the ship deck. And they're like, I can't even do that. No, your stuff's still there, always. Can you help out in any way? No, they can't. And you know this by being married. When you share a family together, all of a sudden the storms of life are more than you can bear. And all of a sudden the ship takes on water. Right? Financially, some of you have felt underwater. And you go, we can't make this work. And you look at it and go, we have to make this work. We're not in the harbor anymore. This is the point of we either make it work or we sink trying. I cannot tell you enough that that is a metaphor for life. And eventually when you figure it out and you start to stabilize the ship 
And you, you raise the kids, and you're like, it's time for you to, to take off on your own. And I want to see you do, but we have to model that for our children. We have to help them learn from our mistakes to make better decisions, but we want to see them go farther. We don't want to see them decide, oh, it's too hard for me. Let's go back to the harbor. Let's just dock the boat. Let's never take it back out. Let's keep everybody safe. Let's not ever have any struggles. God did not create us that way. That is what I call the sending problem. Here's the sending problem. A parent today who says, I can't ever let you face harm. I can't ever let you face something difficult or challenging. I have to make sure everybody and all the storms stay out of your way. I want to keep you in the harbor. We weren't designed that way. We were designed to be voyagers. We were designed to be adventurers. We were designed to take ship to the unknown sea and create a path forward and meet new people and help people. You're going to find a lot of people who had a shipwreck. Who will help them if nobody else is going in that direction, putting themselves out there? Here's the thing that's true about the church. The church is the metaphor of God's family, right? We are God's family. So in the same way that, that Paul says in Ephesians 5, for this reason a man will leave his mother and father, he'll be united to his wife, and they become one, it's the same as Christ in his church. Christ gave himself up for his church and said, no, I can't separate from you. If the ship goes down, I go down with you. And in the midst of our sin, Christ was willing to die for us, Right? And in so doing, created a bond, forged a bond that said, and through you we will have children, we will have more disciples. I want you to raise the family of God with me. So here's the sending problem. When it comes to a measure of faith, this is why we really struggle, both as parents for our children, and this is also a challenge we have for uh, us as a church. Here's the sending problem. The first one is, we think we have to believe before we follow. Now I know some of you diehard Baptists, you're gonna remind me of this, and I'm with you. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, saved by grace through faith. I can quote it too, Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Lord, you shall be saved. I totally believe that you have to make a profession of faith, and it is grace from God through Jesus Christ, not something you've earned, but something that you receive. But at some point, that faith is not solidified if you don't learn to follow. And I'll challenge you on this premise alone. Did the disciples follow or did they believe first? Did the disciples, did Jesus go to the disciples and say, hey, come watch on the outside. Don't make any commitment. Don't make any sacrifices. But I want you to see what I do. And when you believe in what I'm doing, you will follow. No, he walked right up to the disciples and said, come follow me. And they left. Sometimes the first thing to the sending of the church is that we feel like we have to have perfect faith before we will act. And it's not the case. Here's the second sending problem. We want to be capable before we were sent. We want to be capable before we're sent. I love this with the missionaries. We're talking about this for months. They're like, I don't know why I'm going to Kenya. I don't know what I'm going to be able to do. I can't help out in any way. I go, that's the thing. God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the call. That's my favorite, right? So here's what we just did. When it came to Kenya, they're like, well, I don't know if I have a perfect faith for what we're supposed to be doing when we get over there. I go, great, follow, and you'll figure out your faith. And they go, what are we supposed to do when we get there? I don't know. God will equip the call. 
Some of us in here really struggle with that. We're like, well, I want a promotion. I want to advance my career. And you go, well, you have to do a position that you're not qualified to do. And you're like, well, I can't do that. That makes no sense. That's what we do. Nobody wants to hire you without experience. And you're like, well, I don't have experience until you hire me. You have to find a creative way to create value and put yourself in a position, and you're not equipped for that position. And then you got to do the position until you figure it out. And yet we're shocked by that in Christian terms. And I'll give you some examples of how we can work on these. But the third one's probably the most challenging, especially for those of you that were supposed to be going to Kenya today. We want to be sent on our terms. I learned in the harbor, God. We went through meetings together, and now we're supposed to go. And it didn't happen. We like to talk of open waters, but we're surprised when the storms deter our destination. Okay, that's the sending problem. And by the way, those are true of you as parents, right, aren't they? How many times do you tell your children, I don't care that you don't see what I see for you in your life. You're going to have to do this. You have to go to school. You have to make the most of it. I don't want to go to school. School stinks. School's terrible. Any of you parents go, okay, you don't have to go. No, you send them. Why? Because you have to go. You have to, you have to go, and then you learn. Okay, we got to go, and then we got to learn. The second saying for parents, where you're like, well, and then our kids, how many of you go to the, the fourth grade games? And they're like, you're, you know, they're yelling at their kids like they're supposed to be great athletes. And you're like, they're not great athletes in T-ball. They have to go and experience, in order, you know, God does not call the equipped, God equips the call, right? So as parents, have a little more patience with your children. Put them in the positions to learn, develop skills. And, the, and then the last, it doesn't always go the way you plan raising your kids, does it? That's how God and his church struggle with God's children. So let me start with a sending solution. Be sent before we believe. Be sent before you believe. Do something that puts you in position to follow in order to develop a faith. Some of you made that commitment this morning. You said, I go to church, and then church will speak into my life. Don't ask God. None of you woke. I hope you did not wake up this morning. You said, God, I need you to just speak audibly in my life and say, go to church. And then I'll get up and go to church. And then you go back to bed because you're like, God never spoke to me audibly, so I didn't feel like I had to go. God says, well, that's the thing. I need you to follow, and then you'll find faith. Show up at church, and God will speak into your life. Isn't that what we tell couples to get married? You don't have it all figured out. You have no idea what marriage is all about until you get married. I cannot tell you how strong and how challenging the commitment of marriage is until you get married. We always laughed when Tara got pregnant. Before she got pregnant, everybody told her how great it is to be a mom. She got pregnant, and they're like, oh, I have the worst pregnancy in the world. Oh, my goodness. My pregnancy was late, and then they, two weeks later, and I had to get induced, and, you know... Every pregnant mom wants to hear the worst horror stories, right? Like, it was too late, can't kind of be pregnant, so now you are. So that's the way you figure it out. Nobody gives you instructions about being a parent. They can tell you all kinds of things, but you don't know until you do it, right? So the disciples followed Jesus and found their faith. So you're here this morning, and you're wondering if God's going to audibly tell you all the perfect things you want to know before you step into it. I'm telling you, it might be the other way around. Start stepping into it. Now you're going to do that, and here's the thing. 
Once all the missionaries said, yeah, I want to go to Kenya. I'm good for that. They had this commitment of faith. Now comes the real challenge, but I'm not equipped. Remember, God will equip the called. Here's the cool thing about being equipped. And some of you, that's the, the patient game. You're like, I just, I need everything. I need calm waters, and then I can row the boat, and it'll just, it'll go, I can do this. But if it's harder than that, I don't think I'm capable of doing it. Do you know the best way to learn the Bible is to teach a Bible study? I'll ask people, I'll say, you know, do you want to teach a Bible study? I can't teach that. I don't know anything about it. That's why I'm asking you. Why? Because I think you'll learn more than the people you're teaching. Do you, you know when we do youth worship? This is my favorite with, with Addie and the, the, the kids. Within weeks, wasn't it? Probably within a month or two, I said, you know what? I think we should have you guys in worship. And some of them are looking at me like I'm crazy, like, oh, that's the big people church. That's terrifying. Do you know how much Addie has decided to practice drums ever since we started scheduling for Sunday youth worship? <laughs> when she texts me, she goes, I don't know the songs. Do you know the songs? Where are the songs? I didn't get the songs. I'm like, okay, I'll get you the songs. I don't know what happened. Here's the cool thing. Schedule something. Put yourself in a predicament that requires you to follow through on your faith. Oh, I know you're like, but I like to play it safe. Stop, stop, stop. You're not going to be able to test the storm being anchored at the harbor. Right? You've got to put out the open sea. And how do you do that? You say, God, I'm going to try something that's a little out of my element. I'm going to try something that's a little different. Some of you have asked you to help with the youth, be a volunteer, help with Children's Church. I love it. Somebody says, I'm not good with kids. I'm like, how are you going to be good with kids? Right? Especially young people who are going to have kids. I'm not good with kids. I'm like, well, I'm afraid if you're going to have some, you might want to figure out how to be good with kids. Like, let's get a little practice in. I know. I asked the worship team this morning, I said, let's pray for something. What do you feel like you're not equipped to handle? And they all go around. Uh, let's just ask you right now, how many of you feel like you need to be more equipped at patience? Right. How many of you feel you need to be more equipped at tolerance? Now, how many of you think God is going to remove impatient moments to help you with patience? How many of you think, God, when you go up to the register and somebody's paying with a checkbook and you're like, wasn't that outlawed like 10 years ago? And you're behind them, and then the next person, and they've got it, and you're like. How many of you think God is going to part the waters, right, like Moses, and just be like, oh, look, a register opened up. I'm helping you with your patience. It's not going to happen. God's going to be like, oh, look, a bigger line. Here's the best part. How many of you have done this, the test with patience, where somebody comes up with a full cart, and she looks like she can barely walk, and she's going to have to stand behind you and your five things, and you're like, go ahead. You first. I will wait even longer. You've done that. If you're intolerant, God is probably going to mix it up. If you want that prayer to be answered, he's going to mix it up with people who are also intolerant of you. That's how you learn. Now, I have to thank the, the, the ones going to Kenya really met and, and had an intentionality of that. Remember how you got ready for it? Supplies, what are you going to wear? What's the temperature going to be like? How far are you going to have to walk? Do you have some good walking, hiking boots? You get ready, ready to go. They planned on the event. But then what happened? Allie texted me and gave me the worst news. We're not going. Yes! She's like, that is not something to be excited about. 
Church, I know this is terrible to me. This is the way I parent my kids. They're like, I know, I hate it when you get excited about challenging, crappy moments. But church, this is the storm. That is when you know you've left the harbor, when it doesn't go your way. Oh my goodness. How many of us want to be fair weather Christians? Do you think Paul and Silas had everything going for them everywhere they went. They're like, well, it's 10.30 on a Sunday. We're supposed to have church. Where is everybody? No, they're like, we're on this island, and we're going to teach the gospel. And they're like, we don't really like the gospel. Well, what do you want to do about that? We're going to beat you within an inch of your death. Oh, well, thanks. And they went back to that island. How about when he's on a boat? And Paul says, hey, this ship's going to sink. We have too much cargo. We have too much stuff going on, and I don't think we're going to make it through the storm. And all the soldiers, everybody says, hey, why don't you keep your mouth shut? We don't really listen to you. And they pray to their other gods. And Paul's like, I really know what I'm talking about. And they're like, no, you don't. And then the storm ripped the whole ship apart. Paul, get, You think Paul didn't get up to the, uh, the shore and go, told you so. Why does anybody listen to me? I know, because here's what I'm saying. The shallow faith is going to say, God... Fix that stuff in Kenya so we can go. And you know what God's going to say in response? I raised you as a world to be children. Just like you raise your children, can you determine their future for them? Now you think it's hard with one, two, three, four kids. Try doing it with seven plus billion. Yes, there's something going on in Kenya. We should be praying for that conflict. But Good is fighting evil in a very desperate, difficult way, and you're getting your eyes open to it when we face these challenges. It isn't going to just be, I scheduled it, we got a flight, we're supposed to make it work. Folks, I'm sorry, it just happened to me last night. We're supp- I got a priest today, and I'm so glad we went with friends, and we get done with the wedding, and we're going to go, I'm like, honey, I got an opportunity to put you on a beach for a couple of days. She's like, yay. She loves the beach. I hate the beach, but I'm going to sacrifice. We're going to go to the beach. After two days of getting sand everywhere, which is always the case, I mean, I had a lot of fun with friends, but I'm kind of like, I'm done with sand. I'm done with not being able to hide from the sun because there's no trees. We go to the plane, and they announce, by the way, we're expecting a storm. We're going to be delayed. We think we get you on the plane, but you're going to have to load from the outside. You're going to get soaked before you get on the plane. That's awesome. Finally, we got on the plane. We didn't get soaked. They're like, sorry, we just saw lightning. You're going to have to wait 15 minutes. I'm like, I can't wait any longer. Remember what I said? God gives you opportunities of patience. I'm like, I cannot take it anymore. I know. Here's what I want to tell you. When these opportunities come, I do this in counseling all the time. I ask a person who's really at that difficult moment, and I say, is this your last chapter? They go, what? Is this your last chapter? What are you talking about? Is this the last chapter? No. Then it's an opportunity. Then it means it's a great book. What? Nobody wants to read a bland book. You want to seize the moment and the opportunity to say, I know this is going to be hard, so I'm going to give you Proverbs 13, 12, Allie. You guys read that. Proverbs 13, 12. Right? Proverbs 13, 12. Promise delayed. A promise delayed. When fulfilled, I'll leave that for you to finish the verse. Oh, 
I know it stinks, but that is, let me ask you what you just experienced when there's something not working out the way you want, when your marriage isn't working out the way you want, when your kids aren't doing what you want. You look at it, and if you wrote it as the last chapter, then you're saying that there's no more hope to this. If you write it in the middle chapter, you say, I can't wait to see what comes after this because it's going to be even more fulfilling. And what is challenging you in that moment is that that requires faith. Notice how we went back to the first one, right? You don't deepen your faith just because you want to believe. You deepen your faith because you follow. When you follow, you're ill-equipped. And when you're ill-equipped, you think you finally get it figured out, and then it all falls apart, and you go, I don't know what to do with this. And God says, that's where I want you. That's where I want you. Because I know what to do with this. And you only read this chapter. You don't know what the chapter is to come. Oh, my gosh, church. You think Paul and Silas weren't delayed? You think the early disciples weren't disappointed, put off? We had this joke. Um, talk about somebody that just got totally thrown out of his element. I'm in the ocean with sharks. Why anybody goes there, I don't know. But I didn't get bit by a shark. We were uh, digging into the sand to find seashells. I found a huge clam. I gutted that sucker. That was awesome. <laughs> Opened it. I'm like, that's cool. So, okay. I'm probably not the nicest thing to sea creatures, but, you know, if sharks want to eat me, whatever. So I reach down and I find another shell. But I thought it was a sharp shell because, ow! So I get the shell and I pull it up. It wasn't just, the shell wasn't that sharp. It was just sort of a little, you know, simple shell. It was the crab inside. The crab, like, get away from my home, dude. And he caught my, my toe. Nice little gash. I'm like, I want the shell. <laughs> so we take it up on shore and we got the shell and the, the crab and the little kids are around and we're hanging on to it. And I'm, I, I'm watching it try to get back to the, the, the water, trying to crawl off of our little boogie board. And I grab it and I pull it back and I'm like, just leave your shell, little buddy. I want the shell. You can go find another home. And this lady comes over and she goes, you know that's stressing the crab. I did not say anything. I was tired of the moment. I'm like, fine. And I threw the crab back into the water. But I wanted to look at her and say, the crab stressed me first. I can hardly walk because of that dumb crab. But I did dawn on me. Imagine the crab's perspective to life, Right? Here it is, just minding its own business, and I uprooted it, took it right out of its lovely cul-de-sac, and then I threw it into another environment, probably has a really high HOA. He's going to hang out with other crabs he doesn't even know anymore. I just, just totally disrupted his life. Church, what I'm getting at is, do you know how many people of the 8 billion people on earth live with that kind of insecurity every day? Every day. And we get concerned about our time schedule. That is what opens our eyes. It opened my eyes last night on the plane. It opens my eyes with a little fun with the crab. It opens my eyes every time there's a chapter of discomfort, delay. Didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And that's the moment I go, God, that is, so here's what it teaches you. You know what God wants to know? How serious are you? 
How serious are you, church? Are you just fair-weather Christians, or are you going to persevere and find the opportunity through this? What's it going to look like? Because you can't push through that storm. You can't pivot and go around it. You can't figure out an alternative to still see where God's going to show himself in extraordinary ways. Then we walk it back. Then we can't be equipped because we're not listening to the call. We can't listen to the call because we didn't decide to follow in the challenge of faith. Follow to believe. God equips the called, and God tests your perseverance. Because if you have the resolve to stay with it, even when it doesn't feel like it, you're the one that's going to change more lives than you ever imagined. Those are the people God wants to send into a hurting world. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit,